And welcome to the show, Pop Culture POV, that is Point of View. My name is Randomly Ronnie Jr. Let's take a hot take. Let's take a deep dive. The host of Hot Takes and Deep Dives, Jessica Rothschild. How are you doing today? How are you? Okay, so look at you. Look at me. I'm gorgeous. Right now we're not on camera, but my voice is sexy and no one's ever said otherwise. Jessica. Yes. (laughs) Um, For Pop Culture POV, usually we pick one topic, but because you are notorious with your hot takes and your deep dives, um, I think we should just talk about all things pop culture. So we're going to go to a lot lot of different places with you. Let's talk about first a reality series, because in the pandemic, it's nice to see reality programming, especially when you... I think MTV was notorious for this as well. Like Jersey Shore typically was always on during the winter. So the winter months and a summer show is is a nice equal. So that brings us to Bravo TV's Summer House. Why don't you tell us about Summer House and what you think about it? Right now it's my favorite show on Bravo. So I'll just like start out. I'm suffering from severe housewives fatigue. Like I had a lot of trouble. Well, I don't watch OC. So like aside from OC, in recent months, we had like Salt Lake City. Dallas is on right now. Actually, we're about to jump into Jersey, so that's good. Dallas, I, I'm not really watching this current season. I watched the premiere. Atlanta, I go in and out of. Mm-hmm. I just have fatigue. I don't want to watch Housewives like at the moment. Like, wake me when New York is on. <laughs> I, I can't. It's too manufactured. It's like not yeah. real at all. Speaking of, yes, Bravo reality TV is is known for Housewives, but there's a lot of other shows. And sometimes, yeah, you get tired of the same version of a storyline, a rumor. And that's a problem, I think, Jessica, with all networks. It's like they find something that works and then they just drill you with it. And yeah. it's like, sometimes I don't want to see that. Yeah. Summer House is a, um, a relatable and welcoming change. It's, a, it's like a relief. It's, so basically, it's the concept, or typically it was, it's a little different this year in a pandemic, but it's the concept of, bust your butt with your career during the week, uh, during the summer months, go hit a summer house. And they're, I think their location changed this year, but they're in the Hamptons. Um, yeah. So the first season or maybe the first two seasons, they were in Montauk. And then the Montauk is sort of governed by East Hampton. This is very technical, but the town of East <laughs> Hampton basically kick them out of Montauk. They're like, we don't want any filming to be done like in Montauk. So they then moved over to, the house was technically in Watermill, but it's kind of the border of Southampton and Watermill. So they've been in the same house since season, like season three and season four, they were in the same house in, we'll, we'll just call it Southampton. And it was kind of like, I liked it. It was kind of like a cozy house. It didn't appear to be too large. Like they all had to share rooms. And this season, because they're doing it like in, in quarantine, they added more cast members and the house, it's, it's an it's entirely new house. It, and it, and, and, and it is gigantic. <laughs> do you like the bigger house? Um, like the I just house? don't like the, the new premise of the show just because something is not working for me with their whole like, I mean, it's obviously a pandemic issue, but not being able to go to the city, not being able to travel back, something is really not working for me just yet. I have another cast member that I believe- I'm so surprised to hear this. Why, are are people thinking the opposite or are you thinking the opposite? I'm loving it. And I think the general consensus is that it's great. Well, okay, here's the question. Did you watch it uh, from season one also? Okay, (laughs) seasons one and two, I like skimmed through. I really got into it during season three. 
Oh, okay. Interesting. So, okay. Just so we're clear, <laughs> I wasn't saying that I don't like it now. I'm just saying I've got some heavy criticism. Uh, no, well, no, that's not the word. That's not the word. Uh, I, I, I just, it, to me, it felt a lot more exciting the way that it used to be, you know, but again, they can't do that. So that's not really their fault. Bigger house. I'm sort of indifferent with it. The other house was cute. You got really comfortable with it. Um, Agree. I I I, uh, I just feel like you know potentially it'd be challenging to create really great stories if they don't go away because now it's like a little bit more stage possibly. But I gotta say, and this might just like really throw you. I don't know because I feel like people love her. I have an overrated cast member <laughs> that no is one Hannah, even is it is it Hannah Burner? It has always been Hannah. This is her third season, which to Ronnie Jr., I'm nobody, mm -hmm. I'm washed up. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I just never, like, I think she's okay. I think she's compelling. I think she's funny. I think we're in a space where if you are dominant on social media, the network and the production really wants you to win. Uh, that is a bias that, uh, not a bias, that is an observation that I've made that I mm -hmm. don't like. I rather, mm -hmm. okay, I'll put it to you like this. And she's question, two podcasts and she's a guest on a different podcast. The call your, call me daddy. Uh, yeah. She's a guest on a podcast every week. Like it seems like all she does is just guest on other people's podcasts and record <laughs> yeah. her own podcast. Like, I don't know how you have this many thoughts. I can barely come up with enough thoughts for my once a week thing. Yeah. Well, it's very good. Oh, by the way, oh, go ahead unique thoughts you know no yeah let me tell you something jessica's podcast is the shit and i hate everybody i hate so many people tell, me, she who asked, no, tell me who you hate this is oh, a well, we'll get there honey <laughs> <laughs> i will say that i don't like a lot of podcasts but what's great about jessica is she you um what do you do that i love you well first of all your intro music is amazing i'm thinking it's like moonlighting meets melrose place kind of like a very 90s nostalgic feel That's that hilarious i hilarious that you just mentioned moonlighting i was obsessed with moonlighting uh, well obviously hello i mean come on when you weren't a moron <laughs> anyone who was intelligent and by the way we're of a certain age but that doesn't mean we were adults at that time but we were those 10 year olds who like saw moonlighting uh, I used to see 30 something and say, oh my gosh, I want to know all about yes. 30 something. I used to at watch these shows with my parents. Yeah, as a kid, there were certain kids who wanted to go play on the playground. Excuse me. Excuse me. I wanted to go talk me. to the adults. Please. Thank you. Don't put me to sleep. I'm not ready to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> not when primetime television starts. The 10 o'clock hour. Are you crazy? Oh, Mama Dina. I'll have to scold her one day. Anyway, you have a great podcast. The music's good. But I really, you do a thing that in radio... Uh, they always wanted us to work on back in in radio. Uh, there's this structure where you want to feel the person smiling. Now you do that, of mm. course, but you do another thing where I feel when you're puzzled. So when you're asking a question to your guest, I feel when you have a scowl on your on your on your on your brow. Not angry at all, but more like, oh, tell me more. And you do that really good. You don't let anybody say anything and let it drop. And I love that about your pod. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I am genuinely very curious and I am, yeah, I think maybe it's just like my curiosity that comes through. And also I don't interview, I don't even attempt it. Listen, you know, like when you're scheduling guests, like it just requires effort, you know, to eventually contact them. If you have to go through PR or even if you have a personal connection, it takes a couple of steps to get somebody to agree to come on your podcast. And I'm only doing that for people who I'm genuinely super into. 
So I'm going into the interviews, like already having studied them and been a fan for years and years and years, potentially three decades, you know, right, right. in certain cases, I've like worshiped the person, you know, like Margaret Cho or Judy Gold. These are people who like, I've seen them live perform. I've, it's like, I don't even have to prepare for the interview. It's all right there. Like I know the things that I've been wondering for decades. So just turn on the mic and that's it, you know? I'm just saying she is very good. Jessica, you're very good at it. You are different. So we'll, we'll, we'll stop there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I will encourage, it's not a regular podcast. It's a little bit different. Name is Hot Takes, Deep Dives. Uh, Lots of fun. I listen to a lot of the programming and I do love it. Okay, back to Hannah. So yeah, back to back to what's important. Hannah (laughs) And she is winning to what to your point. She is on a new podcast every day. She's big, but I don't think that that necessarily should issue this much camera time and that's not she's on two bravo shows which i could understand the way the meetings must have went you know as you're assembling the season you know because of that obviously there's some i i understand there's a reason to give her a little more shine because of that i'm simply saying this this is what i'm saying okay i'll say it and then we could we could deep dive i'm saying in a in a ronnie jr world i've lived in new york for about seven years um, and, and shame on me for never getting out to the Hamptons, you know what I mean? I mean, just lame, I guess. But my point more so is that uh, I, I, if I were to have an opportunity to have a night out for drinks with a cast member, Lindsay and Danielle are, are immediately the most interesting people. Not to say Carl's moderately interesting. Kyle actually is, what would be the term? If you're not overrated, he's underrated. I think people don't want to like Kyle, but Kyle and Amanda are actually okay. But if you were to ask Ronnie, and I was programming the network, uh, Lindsay would be the only human being we concentrate. And we follow with Danielle, who loves, I mean, she loves the penis and she talks about it immediately. I can't understand why we didn't get more of that. And instead, we get Hannah talking about a relationship that she wasn't in, but yet she feels slighted. What is going on, Jessica? Your thoughts? I completely agree. Lindsay is the one who I would want to hang out with. I do love both Carl and Kyle. Listen, I like the grown-ups. I don't want to be hanging out with the 20-year-olds. I'm 38 years old. I want to hang out with the grown-ups, not yeah. the 29-year-olds. Um, everyone used to love Paige. I don't why, because she's like cute. Like, I don't really get it but um this season i find it i find it very interesting watching the the dynamic of Lindsay and the boyfriend they're they're since broken up like this is a guy who clearly her boyfriend steven who she met last season on the show he clearly said to her all right i'll do it i'll come with you but i don't want to like become a tv personality and that's what you're seeing play out and you're seeing her get pissed that he's like not going wherever the cameras are going. He's like legitimately there to do his job and to work and you're seeing her get angry. I find that very entertaining and amusing. Yeah, I would literally want to go to dinner with the two of them, Lindsay and the boyfriend, pre-breakup. Yeah, yeah, so it's confirmed, they are, they're done. They're done. Oh, and yeah. I, we... And a lot of people don't like Danielle, but I, I like her. Well, you saw how bad it was the season she didn't commit to a full season, but she was still involved try not having a show with Danielle. You could do it if you want to, but it ain't going to be for Ronnie. And again, here's the thing. I'm now 40 years old. And to your point of age, I'm not the demographic really anymore for Summerhouse. So I got to judge and say, oh, maybe people like Hannah. Maybe people like Paige. And by the way, I don't mind Hannah at all. 
and I don't mind Paige, but what I'm telling you is a problem. <laughs> and I could guarantee it, even though she's socially and virally uh, more, you know, her impressions are probably a lot better than anyone else's on the show. She's not the most entertaining, not even by far. And that's to say she's got the Bravo secondary show, uh, girl, uh, girl, uh, Bravo chat, chat, room. chat room. Yeah. Chat room. Um, so that's my um, only discrepancy. But I was an early Summer House fan. I watched it since season one. So I'm not uh, necessarily against the show at, at all. I always- I love it. I love when, it. But very quickly, can we discuss Luke? Yeah, what do you want to talk about with Luke? I don't know where to go. <laughs> he's, so, he's so unique. <laughs> this guy, least interesting guy in the room, maybe in any room. Uh, in, in, in any room, yes. In any room. It's so- First of all, I, got, I give him credit, or I don't know who orchestrated this. It was probably a producer. or I. So he came into the show through Kyle. I suspect, this is my take on Luke. All he right, come on, never, hot takes. Let's go. Yeah, this is my take on Luke. He was never into Hannah at all. He's not sexually attracted to her. Agreed. But he, but he connects with her emotionally, like friendship. I think last season, Kyle, Kyle brought him on the show. I think Kyle pulled him aside before they started filming, and he said, listen get involved with Hannah. She's the most popular one on the show now. Get, do, have a thing with her. And that's what we saw. That, that's why they never hooked up. That's why they never hooked up. And I think because he was dating this other chick, it, it's perfect from a producer's point of view. Now you have like this weird, like love triangle sort of thing. It's perfect for TV, but it's not real. It's, it's, it's a fake storyline. Well, the whole point of reality TV, and it's funny you mentioned earlier, like, oh, I have housewives, housewives fatigue. The thing is, like, the audience is in on the foolery. The audience is in on the, uh, this is, ain't nothing close to real. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a joke, but we're, like, in on it, I guess, to the degree of a, a wrestling fan, right? Like a WWE. <laughs> like, we're like, okay. I mean, obviously, Sonya Moore, Sonya Morgan is, is uh, she's the most, but she ain't that, that wild. We get yeah. it to a degree so when you have the luke like does he like hannah maybe he does maybe he doesn't it's just we're kind of like i mean come on let's move on to something else you well, know the thing is that the audience isn't invested in him we know nothing about him and we don't care so who cares who he likes well they've had a truck they've, they've had a little bit of trouble tr trouble trying to um grab that that last cast member to really work because i mean uh they had the one guy who I, I guess his penis did not work. <laughs> Jordan, yes. Yeah, and 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 this guy, um, I do think they should have a gay character in a, a male. I mean, it could be a woman as well. Um, in the show, Steven, I, huh? during season one, remember they had Stephen. Yeah, no, I, he was fine. Uh, I don't, you know, and he was a little whiny or whatever the case, but I still felt like it was good to mix it up. I thought he had a good relationship with Carl, season one and season two, and. He like rocked out with the twins, uh, but it just, it added to the show. And I don't know, Luke, Luke himself is not doing it. Like if Luke was compelling, then maybe we don't need another cast member. By the way, I think more cast members is actually really a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm okay Agreed. with Lindsay bringing the boyfriend. I agree. I don't oh, mind. Oh, oh, I'm so happy that he's there. Yeah. He can sit in the background and work all day. That's fine with me. I like knowing he's there. <laughs> do you think he's gorgeous? Do you, do you, do you, do you see any little bit of uh, attraction? Who, who? Lindsay's uh, boyfriend at the moment. I think he's a good looking guy. I think he's good looking. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And Lindsay's just so fun. She's so raw. She's so good at this stuff. And it always, like I said, it makes me cringe because she's the reason I watch the show for the most part. She's number one. I think Danielle is so fun for reality TV. But again, they're not popping online or whatever mm -hmm. the case. And I'm like, oh, more Hannah, like again. So I don't not like Hannah. I'm just going to yeah. be clear. I don't not like her. Anyways, let's move on to another reality show. What are your thoughts? Let's just go right to the top. Real Housewives of New York, one of your favorite shows on Bravo. Oh, well, they just filmed, they just finished production this week, in fact. And I mean, I'm looking forward to it because I'm sick of all the other Housewives shows at this, at this point. I'm looking forward to Jersey, Beverly Hills, and New York. I'm curious to see how it plays without both Bethany and Dorinda because we have yet, it's been since season seven, which is we're about to watch season 12. That's a lot of years that we've had Dorinda. We've had the anchor of both Bethany and Dorinda. So I'm worried that it's going to feel a little like weightless. Like, where are we going? Like, who's grounding us here? Like, where is mom? You know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited just because like, I want to see my friends again. That's why I was excited for Summer House to come back. And like, I, it's like, I just want my friends. Like, the women of Dallas, they ain't my friends. OC, they're not my friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, New York is a familiar feeling. I could even tell Beverly Hills. Oh, good. I get my friends back. My friend Erica Jane is like going through <laughs> this wild shit. Like I, I just, people who I'm invested in. That's what I mean by my friends. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what are you thinking about New York th this season? Like, are you excited? Like care or don't care? You know, I, I do not want <laughs> by any means, I'm a very nice person, unless when I got to be shitty, but uh, I just want to be critical about some things. So New York, yeah, I, feel like, e I feel equally the same, because mind you, I'm not one of these podcasters who wants to say something um, raw to go viral. I could care less about that. I just want to broadcast. So I want to broadcast fairly, and I do think we have a big problem with New York in regards to not having Dorinda and Bethany, and I, I wasn't even like an initial huge Dorinda fan, but losing Dorinda hurts me for a couple of reasons. May I, may I speak about it? Please. <laughs> okay. I, I agree. I, I don't know if everyone agrees with this, but I feel Dorinda had a horrible season, right? And I hope, I think we all know she's gonna take a season off and come back. I think, I just think she wants to do the show again and we're all in on it. She had a bad season. She treated Tinsley terrible. But here's my thing. I feel like Bravo. Let's, God, I'm really coming at them. And I don't mean to. These are just opinions. But I feel like Bravo is really, like, if you aren't, like, a, a nice, cute waistline, big, elegant hair, um, popping on social media, like, you know, or even in the tabloids, like Erica Jane, they're not as willing to forgive your error. Dorinda to me is so refreshing. She reminds me of a, you know, um, we, we have a, not my cousin, but my father's cousin who has that same look and the heavy big shoulders and mm -hmm. the, the shorter hair and the gaudy uh, attire that doesn't work, but it like certainly works. There's a certain elegance about her. She reminds me of like, like an aunt. She's like all our collective aunt. Yeah. I, and, and, I'm, and that's my gripe. My gripe is if you're Dorinda and you don't check those boxes of like big on social media, big in tabloids, 
or you're not, um, I don't know any of the Dallas gals, but they all look the same and they're all really, really uh, flirty and young and, and spry. I, I sometimes feel like the network doesn't really work with you as much if you don't have that great look. I, you know, um, I, I, that's just my opinion on that. Um, uh, I think Ebony K. Williams will be a really nice addition. Um, I've been familiar with a little bit of her work as we all have, uh, specifically uh, State of the Culture with Joe Budden, yes. which is one of my favorite podcasts, or that's a series. But um, I, I, I'm interested to see where Leah goes. I was um, so excited about Leah coming into the series. I do feel like Leah was also a little bit overrated. They, act like, they acted like she walked on water. I didn't see that. I did not feel like she was that compelling. I thought she was one out of 10. She was about a six. Um, mm, but they were speaking like she was one of the best newbies to ever do it and I just didn't see that what do you make of her getting a nose job and a boob job before season two well now that's the good part because now we have somebody I feel like and I've said this before even when I was critical of her on season one um, I was familiar with her initial podcast with Laura Stiles because I'm a big radio person Laura Stiles 97 so they had a podcast before so I already sort of knew what Leah could bring I just don't think it was that good season one. And it also wasn't a good mix because it was like anything Leah said, it was like, well, Leah was young and fresh and downtown and all the, the, uh, the other women were stuffy Upper East Siders. And I, quite frankly, didn't want to watch that. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't love her season one. Now, if you give me a season two with the nose job and the, what else did you say she had? Um, she got her boobs done over Christmas. If you got me a woman who, and she's aging, you know, uh, you know, every year, of course, uh, you know, she's getting closer to uh, the 40 year old mark and she's playing the game and she's going to be really like almost a caricature housewife type. Uh, I think she could do that very well. So I'm interested in her season two way more than I was season one. And she also has to um, carry, carry the load a little bit more. She could be opposite of the other gals the first season and be successful and win and be and win the crowd now it's like she actually has to be funny not just she's other that's what it was that she was other and living she in new york city i don't last, last season she was reacting she kind of had the bethany role of just like reacting to the nonsense around her and like responding a little bit of being the yeah right the outsider the observer looking in now it's going to be more, I'm curious, I mean, we're talking about it, not having seen it. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm curious to see it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think she'll be good season two because I feel like she's in on it now. You know, it's, it's the Sonia Morgan thing. Sonia Morgan is not that wacky, I don't think. I, I mean, maybe she is. But she's in on it. She's, she's yeah. this is her job. That's the one thing about New York Housewives. This is their job. Luann, this is what she does. Um, I just, it was, it was not a great season last season. So I'm, ex I'm excited to see the uh, elevation yeah. of it. New York is one of the best franchises. You mentioned Dallas, you mentioned OC. I don't know what the heck is going on. Yeah. I don't even know who these women are other than by namesake. I don't, I don't watch those programs. You watched all of Salt Lake City, right? I watched all Salt Lake City. I'm a season one, episode one, Giselle Bryant, super stan, uh, Real Housewives of Potomac uh, yes. type of guy. Um, heavy in the paint, especially because people tried to come for her. What do you, on a scale of one to 10, or we'll grade it. Yeah, we'll give, give I love it. questions. I love questions. Go scale, give it to scale me. Of, <laughs> <laughs> scale of one to 10, what is your final rating for Salt Lake City? Um, one to 10, one to 10, one to 10. It was uh, probably eight and a half, eight or eight. Uh, let's go with nine. It was a nine. It was that high. I'll tell you why. 
Yeah, please. Because of the nature of 2020. 2020 was a really like so much seriousness that I had to go on during the year that I was willing to welcome uh, content that wasn't maybe completely flushed through, uh, <laughs> but it, it just, it still was fun. Uh, the least likable character has to be Jen Shaw, but Agree. I all, <laughs> I'm also very okay with that. Uh, and I think it actually sets up a really good second season for her. Um, actually, all the Salt Lake girls, I like, women, uh, I like them all except for one. Can you guess who that is? Who you don't, well, you said you don't like Jen Shaw. Well, but, 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 but I realize the necessary gigantically big personality and need for reality TV. Mm -hmm. Like she works still, even if you don't love her actions. There's one cast member that if it were me, she'd be a friend of. And, and she may not even come back if I was producing the show. <laughs> don't say Mary. Uh, no, no, Mary's fine. Mary okay, has okay. a little kookiness. Uh, Sonia Mary, Mary's great. I'm curious to see if they can even get her back for a season two. True, true. I thought Mary was okay. Mary was, was, was cool. She was... Then my guess is you don't like Whitney. You are. Bingo. Yeah. She's boring. She, I mean, I don't care about the father. Like, sorry, I, I'm not invested. I'm not invested. In, I'm just meeting you. <laughs> Why do I care about your father? <laughs> and then we're, we're supposed to feel bad for him as well. And to my point about Dorinda, if you look like Dorinda and you're age to certain age, Bravo's a little harder on what you're forced to bring to the table. If you look as cute as Whitney and as bubbly and gorgeous, and she is all these things, you just don't have to do much. No heavy lifting for Whitney, and that kind of got me. Um, but I still think she, I still think she would be good for the show. But um, maybe a friend of, especially since Heather is so amazing, and Heather can just use her as a, a cousin because I guess they're cousins, and kind of just come in and out. I think that's the best move uh, yeah. for that. Friend of and add one more girl, maybe. But the queens yeah. of that show, you know who they are. We've talked about this, you and I. Um, Meredith is your number one. Lisa's my number one. Yeah. I can't. Well, Heather, 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 Meredith, and Lisa are my favorites. You know, it's a good season when two of your favorites don't like each other. And my application to that sentence is literally on Jersey Housewives. If you had asked me my two favorite, I go heavy in the paint for Melissa Gorga. However, conversely, um, I think Dolores Catania is one of the best housewives to ever do it. And I think you like Dolores because you love abroad. You if love you, her. I listened to your podcast. And one thing just Dolores, loves you. First of, all, I interviewed, first of all, I interviewed Dolores. She came over to my apartment. Before we recorded the interview, she talked so much shit about, she hates Melissa Gorga's guts. This was not on mic. <laughs> she said to me, she's like, she got plastic surgery to look attractive. Like she's just like throwing like lines away. I was like, you really don't like this one, man. Like we're not doing this for This is just like two people talking. What year Tell was this? Why, this huh? was like, this was uh, like a year and a half ago. Mm, mm. Uh, your question was what? Why do you think Melissa Gorga is the greatest house? <laughs> well, it's probably the same reason why I think Giselle Bryan is, is top notch. It's probably why I'm a season one heavy in the paint for uh, what you call it. Uh, Larsa Pippen, season one. She uh -huh. was an iconic housewives. You know, obviously, we don't supposed to use that word iconic all the time, but Larsa was it. 
here's the thing just let's be honest let's do vulnerability let's do some real human human shit i grew up very blue collar town very like quiet and meek and you know you just kind of mind your manners and i'm not saying any of these women are arrogant but there's a refreshing quality for me as a viewer to see a lisa barlow who loves herself fully and by the way isn't even a bitch to everyone else the other people are extremely insecure so they take it that way larsa pippen on season one was she just she didn't do nothing wrong to nobody she did love herself she loved herself more than anyone could mm -hmm. and i think melissa gorga has that but melissa is a little bit uh there's additional reasons although they're having the issues on this season with the relationship i like to see a a sexy couple that still likes each other i like yeah. to see that like you know pinch you on the butt kind of less that's, that's my boo i i like that and while it'll be a relationship driven season um melissa just has extremely high sense of confidence um i think i her, don't believe i don't believe for a second that melissa and joe gorga ha are having problems oh me neither me neither well um are you implying in the regards of like how last season no one believed she was trying to have a baby at 40? Or that she was looking for a fake third sister. It's nonsense. <laughs> these, two, these two people are rich, attractive. They have no problems. Yeah. And I mean, have, and they have like good, healthy children that are not infants that are like can fend for themselves. It's, it's for storyline. It's. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it. We're going to see it. You know, it's going to premiere, but. Well, but you mentioned come some. Come on. I don't believe You mentioned it. some callbacks, though. You mentioned some other times they have done that. I don't know. It's like with Melissa, she's so fun to me that I can, I, I will admit yeah. my bias. I could look past it. I like uh, watching her, too. I do, yeah, I do like watching she's her. She's the J-Lo of the housewives. She just really is. I mean, no one's going to tell me otherwise. Even Elaine, uh, Elaine Gold, uh, what's her name? The uh, producing partner with J-Lo. She follows Melissa and is always commenting on her page. Uh, like, she's the j-lo of the housewife i just i like her a lot i don't know um do you like giselle bryant do you think i am a little i love her okay good she had a beating this year and i just don't agree with it per se i, I don't know why she got a beating i i find her endlessly <laughs> entertaining she has opinions they don't like that she like stirs the pot and well, people didn't like that people she got the beating because the majority of fans and the cast She's perpetuating this, this idea that she's back with Jamal and there's zero evidence to support that. Mm. So people hate hypocrisy. People hate- <laughs> Number one you know, used word you know, in like Housewives Mania. <laughs> yeah, people, people hate when you're just like playing a storyline. It's the reason why Dorinda resented Tinsley because she didn't live in New York. It's the same thing. And I guess I feel badly for Giselle, if that's the case, that she- didn't have anything else going on. And she's like, this is just what I'm gonna grab and run with. Yeah. If, if anything, it gives me more sympathy for her. Cause it's and sad. That's a really sad thing to have to make up. True. That the guy who cheated on you and you're now back with him and it's not even true. It's like, I don't know. I wasn't it's, a fan. It's, it's confusing. I wasn't a fan of the idea, no. I definitely was like, oh, what is she doing? But the thing with Giselle, I feel like people hold their own standards to how somebody else should be. So like if somebody's single and it just is what it is, but they ain't mad, you shouldn't be mad. And so even if it is kind of ridiculous, like you just mentioned, she's cool about it. You know, they try to do this whole thing where they're like, she's in everyone else's business, but yet she's like standoffish about her own situation. But I'm like, 
she's just a wordsmith. So if you ask her something ridiculous, she don't want to answer, she's not going to answer. Like, I just don't think it's the same thing. This, this constant, like, well, she did this to Karen, but Karen can't do it to her without her getting uh, her feelings hurt. I don't think she ever had her feelings hurt, but she wasn't going to let Karen say something silly. With that being said, Karen is a strong housewife. I will just say that for Karen to rise, there had to be a Giselle demise. Keep just keep that in your mind that while I think Karen is the number two, Karen never had, Karen had her best season. Correct. That's, that's a fact. However, She did it in the geist of utilizing the Monique thing, um, not using, of course, but like it was sort of a, uh, like if we're playing football, not that I know the sports, <laughs> but the lead blocker did what the lead blocker will do. And then there goes Karen, you know, scoring a touchdown. I just want to make that a known opinion of Ronnie Jr. that when Giselle wins every season, she just wins, regardless of Karen shining or not. Karen wins by making sure Giselle is not uh, really uh, that uh, prominent. Giselle had a hard reunion. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say she yeah. didn't. But I just. I just truly love her. Um, any other housewives' opinions across all fronts, uh, aside from the fact that we don't like OC? I barely watch Beverly Hills. I mean, can't believe that people are liking Dallas. I mean, that's just like funny to me that somehow like Dallas, you know, that people are liking <laughs> it without Leah Locken, the only person who's able to like drive story. Um, I'm looking forward to Beverly Hills because I think that I'm fascinated by the Erica Jane, Tom Girardi situation, the legal, oh. the, the legal mess. I'm fascinated by that. So I am looking forward to, to Beverly Hills. And <clears throat> what else? And I'm not at all worried about like, because a lot of people have said, oh, she's not going to be able to say everything because of legalities. But I think she, it just draws up some interest. And Erica Jane's a fun character. Well, they I mean, can show that she moved out of that mansion and now she's living, like she's going to be able to talk about that. No, she's not going to be able to talk about the court case, but she can talk about how the light, her life has mm. like done a complete 180. That's fascinating. Considering she was selling us on the life. Um, after Housewives, I'm going to dip into Wendy Williams and then we can wrap up, but I do want to do a couple, what are your favorite real world seasons? I'm excited that I guess Paramount Plus is going to do real world reunions. I, I, yeah, talk about real world because for the youngins, the real world was everything. It Um, was Housewives before Housewives. And the storylines were, I mean, I hate to use the word more authentic. They just, they get the... The way television worked back then, you could have more time with stuff. We'll just say it like that. You, yeah. you could develop things a little bit more. Um, talk about your favorite seasons, favorite cast members. I've got a couple. My formative um, real world seasons. Number one, I love Boston. Genesis. Genesis on real world, world Boston. Like She was the first like out lesbian I saw on television who I felt like somewhat represented me. There was like something in there that I could relate to. And so that like really changed my life in a lot of ways. I love Camila from Real World Boston, who I had in the show. Um, so that's Boston. I also love Seattle. I love Irene and Steven and the slap. Like that was amazing. And then I really love New Orleans with Danny Roberts and yep. Melissa. Uh, that whole cast was really great. Come on, be my baby tonight. Like, <laughs> David, that was <yeah>. classic. <laughs> there was another season, I think, those were my biggies. I mean, but I loved them all. I, I stopped watching, I think, after Chicago, 
whatever season that was. It, that post Vegas, I think I hung in with it for a few more seasons. And then Chicago was actually very good. But like then it went on it, for many more seasons that I didn't watch. Yeah. Tell um, me about yours. Well, I didn't really watch it right at the beginning, beginning, beginning. Um, I mostly spot watched it, but you still got the point. And I yeah. remember at the time, or as you say, of the day, uh, <laughs> of the day, uh, I did see the compelling storylines that were going on in San Francisco. And also San Francisco, what a great Phenomenal. backdrop. Phenomenal. Uh, they did do San Francisco a hundred years later, but it was like some explosions and they brought in their exes and it was more like a game show. Uh, if you just hmm. let a reality series get into San Francisco's energy, you're going to win every time, in, in my opinion. So that was do, fantastic. Do you think, I was posing, I was chatting with uh, somebody in my podcast the other week and I, we were talking about other cities that they should potentially think about doing Housewives shows in and I suggested San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, that would be the third run at it, um, but, but I... For, for, no, for Housewives? Oh, sorry, Housewives, you're saying. Yeah, oh. like what cities they should do Housewives in. I think San Francisco is great because you'd get the wow. tech money. And then you got like, yes, you got a husband who's just balling in money because of, of that industry. I like that. I actually think that's a, a great, great choice. Um, yeah. I can't think of where, I'm just agreeing with you. Um, well, 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 well. Uh, I liked Miami when it was out. So I would say that that coming back is, is where I sit in that space. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess any, any, any city could work, you know, um, real world. The last one they did, I think was Atlanta. I don't know. I, I'm a bit biased. You might be as well. Give me more New York and LA. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to pussyfoot around it. I just, I just give it to me. I mean, I just, you know what I gotta, we gotta be nice to South Dakota. I just can't do it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like live your delicious South Dakota life for sure. But like, I just want the bigger, the more gaudy, yeah. the more vibrant cities. You're not going to have a Dorinda in South Dakota, mind you. So that's just that. Mm -hmm. um, but real world, yeah, I love when you find a series um, where the cast members do speak to you on a, on a language that you may or may not know. You know, Genesis being the first woman to sort of speak about her um, experiences as a lesbian and even just like the nuances. It was great. I mean, this was a later scene. You would see her like chatting on on a on like america online in the chat rooms like she that brought in like trans representation this was 1996 yeah she well, was looking for trans men to to meet and gay men to meet up with like that i felt was it, I, I was like oh my god like this is my life it was the first time i saw my life like represented on screen God, it's amazing how early they were on that stuff and how, how yeah. well those stories were. Um, even, even Caitlin on the, one of the Back to New York seasons. I mean, that was fairly early. This was in 1994, obviously, yeah. but still that was fairly early. But so many great seasons. I mean, Tammy Roman to me is just fantastic because of Basketball Wives, of course, but also mm -hmm. real, uh, real world uh, Venice or Los Angeles. Um, I liked the DC season quite a bit. That's a later season, but I did enjoy it. Mike, Mike Manning's story, I really enjoyed. But I'm a, I'm a big Chicago. Uh, Chicago. Uh, I think Kara Stones. Miss Kidney Stones um, was, was intriguing. Um, I, th to me, okay, so it's, it's so weird. Like, I mean, see, on that season, they did have a gay character, Chris. Um, and he was compelling too, but I, what, what did it for me on that is Kara Khan. Like Kara to me, the way she, oh, yeah. she made, she gave such a comfortability. That's what it was. Like, I felt so comfortable. Like I remember there was a line where she goes, 
they were trying to see if they were trying to assess if, if Chris was gay, not in a shady way. And she goes, Oh, that's right. Something, something in diesel jeans. How did I miss that? Like she was so to yes. me, as you talk about seeing on television and, you know, trying to understand maybe even yourself, I was always like, that's the kind of girl I want to kick it with. Even as a younger person, or I guess I was closer to my twenties at that moment, but I've still not really fully evolved to like know myself. And I just remember just taking to Kara because Kara felt like if I ever get to that point where I come out, da 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 da, she's yeah. the kind of girl I want to hang with. And was it was a good season. The, was she the one? Who was the girl on Chicago? I distinctly remember this. One of them hooked up with a musician. Like they were at some like jam band concert. And it may have been her, it may have been another girl. And she hooked up with the lead singer. And then they had to like blur his name out or blur the <laughs> band's name out. And I spent hours of my life <laughs> trying to figure out and i did figure out who what the band was now i don't remember it's 100 years oh, later right. do you know what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about i i 99.99 sure that was kara because okay. it was all the other girl carrie i don't think we saw tanya date too much on that uh season yeah and then anisa was also on the season those were the four girls i think it was kara because kara had that epic line she goes and then i came home and i sealed the deal you know referring to the time she she, she got it on in the bedroom um and she referred to that in the reunion too yeah she just was so comfortable to me she was so comfortable to a young ronnie jr mm -hmm. um obviously like i said i was almost 20 but it does it's you're you're evolving as a person always changes and i yeah. i really Really, really liked her. Um, moving on from the real world, I got to get your input on the queen of all media, Wendy Williams, the documentary, the biopic. What do you I think? I watched it all, baby. I watched it all. You made it an event, a lifetime event, as Wendy oh, would like you I mean, to do. that was an extravaganza. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I loved it. Maybe I liked the documentary more than the biopic, but I feel like if you're a Wendy enthusiast, you really got to watch it all. Um, God, that was quite a back-to-back -back weekend with the Wendy Williams documentary and framing Britney Spears. That was like, that was a bright spot in February. The fact that we had those two like back-to-back. Do you know it got I know me through some tough, tough winter here in New York? <laughs> right, you need good, compelling content in the winter. Yeah. Um, do you know I know so little about Britney Spears? I'm not. I don't. You know a lot. You'll you'll hear the. <gasps> Britney and uh, Free Britney. I know so, this is not me hating mm. on her. I just don't know much. And I, I watched the documentary. Um, so I was basically filled in there. I'd forgotten a lot of things. Okay. Um, so you weren't a fan back in the day? I, you know, my equation with pop music or even stuff that was younger than me. Well, Britney was older than me, but not older than me, but it was of my time. My equation was my sister who was 10 years younger. If my sister rocked with them, I rocked with them. So I actually am a, if I'm an NSYNC fan, it has to be now. It wasn't back then because my little sister who was 10 years younger than me, she was watching Degrassi. She was Backstreet Boys heavy. Right. So I, I was never, if, if my sister did not put the stamp of approval, I wasn't going to check for it. That's just how, it, that's how it went. Um, but what do you feel about the whole story? So has she, is, this is all true? I mean, Britney? I'm just- I'm just so lost in the whole thing. With Brittany. Um, Brittany, yeah, I don't yeah, of know. of course this is all true. So what does it mean? What do you take from it? I don't understand what is going on. So she what, is literally. What's the, what's the question? Is she, so she's literally uh, uh, unable to get out of a situation. She, she can't go by law. She, this woman can, they will allow her, I'm like putting this in very broad strokes for you. They will allow her to headline 
a residency in Vegas making a million dollars a week so that they can then take a certain percentage of it. It's really her father who's controlling this conservatorship. And yet she's not allowed to have an ATM card to take out $20. So where does she go from here? How do we get out of this? Well, she's fighting to get him removed as her conservator. Mm. I, I, it's unclear whether, so right now she, and she's been in this since 2007, 2008. Like this isn't new. It's what's new is, well, the Free Britney movement started like two years ago or so. Um, it was just when like the internet culture reached a fever pitch in sort of studying this and like what like where is Britney Spears like why like studying the Instagram like the collective uh the collective I, I hate the word stand but the collective like fandom of wondering like why the second residency was canceled why these Instagram like she was off Instagram for like a three-month period why just so many questions it mm. all erupted and like merged in this movement called free britney which is basically the the fans want britney to well the fans want want whatever britney wants but it's right now britney is just petitioning through the court to have her father removed as the conservator and have this other woman put in place what's interesting about the documentary it was saying that once you're in a conservatorship you're like in it for an extended amount of time and it's almost Scary. impossible to get out of. So the re is there any fairness to just my question here? Like when she originally got in it, was there a reason that her dad would have been doing good for her or was it always an abusive situation? Do you think? I think he always had alternate uh, ulterior motives because he was not a figure in her life up mm. until that point. He had his own problems. It was really her mother and a very close family friend, Felicia, who you saw in the documentary, yep. who really like went on tour with her. And she had a manager, Larry Rudolph. Um, the father had a bunch of failed businesses, was you know in and out of rehab, like had a lot of issues. And he always seemed, there was the quote of his, like, my daughter's going to be so, she, at, at age 15, he was quoted as saying, my daughter's going to be so rich, she's going to buy me a boat. Mm. So he's always been, yeah, he's not, you're saying he wasn't in her life, but he sure had a, uh, in, in, in an investment in manipulating the money or whatever. I think he saw her as a cash machine. What do you feel about her mental health throughout it all, just because of all the stuff that, you know, according to the documentary that she did go through, where do you think she sits right now? Like, is she in a good place? Is she in a challenging place? Is she in a dark place? Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I'm sure she's in a dark place, but- L Like trapped, but, right? Yeah, I'm sure behind closed door. I don't, you'll, see, that's the thing you don't know, you'll never know. Mm, mm. Until she, until she, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, maybe it'll take so many years when she's older. I'm certain when she's older, she'll be able to like tell her story. But until then, she's kind of like held captive in this. She can't speak. She can't be interviewed unless under very careful watch. Well, now she can't be interviewed at all. But when she was <laughs> even promoting the residency mm -hmm. or when she was doing like press, it was always like very carefully done once she was in you know real mm. you know the lockdown with, with it what are your thoughts on her ex-boyfriend justin timberlake <laughs> oh my god 
He's always been, again, I didn't grow up as an NSYNC fan, so yeah. I definitely wasn't amused by too much of his solo stuff. Like the, what was the song, I'm Bringing Sexy Back? That never worked for me. I never right. liked it. Um, but but it's just- very, in- It's very complex. Um, I was a huge NSYNC fan, and I was a huge Justin Timberlake fan. I, I still love all of his music. Well, not the cheesy dad shit like can't stop the feeling not that like his actual like album like (laughs) i love like he's you can't or he was always infinitely more talented than she was um i think these claims that he rode her coattails he would be nothing without britney is nonsense like the, the 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 flaw in the documentary is that how do you do a documentary about britney spears that doesn't acknowledge the fact that she does not and never did sing. Wait, explain. Like the talent wise, you're saying? Yeah. Like she, in concerts, they play a recording and she like dances to it. And like, she doesn't sing live. Mm. She doesn't. So you're thinking it, that should have been mentioned? It's in the, in the sense of the cultural, the cultural shift that happened at her start, the, the initial backlash that came was because of that. She's not a real musician. And they ignored all of that. They mm. kind of rewrote history a little bit mm-hmm. to, so that it would play in the current narrative of the media's the devil, which is true. But they rewrote a lot of history. Like, oh, it was because of Monica Lewinsky. Like, what? That was out of nowhere. And Monica Lewinsky was years separate from Britney Spears like that like one a plus b did not equal c um I like that you there's a lot left out I like that you mentioned that because I don't like when it's like completely like the media's fault like it could be an outlet's fault it could be the way certain people maneuver the situation it could even be just yeah go ahead oh no good no no that that, I was gonna say like the paparazzi the paparazzi guy who was talking in the in, in the documentary there's been a lot of focus on him and he was basically saying like, she needed us and we needed her. It's true. At that time, she was courting a lot of attention. She did get out of the limo with Britney, with, um, she did get out of the car with Lindsay Lohan. She put herself in a position deliberately with Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton where they weren't wearing underwear and they all got out of the car and flashed their, their vaginas. Mm. The paparazzi did not do that. She did that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more there, you know, she's getting kind of like a hero edit now and it's a lot more nuanced. You're playing with somebody who does have mental health issues. It's very unfortunate, but it's a lot more complex than the documentary made it out to be. Yeah. Cause I don't know much about her and I never really followed her. There's a couple of great songs that I liked of hers, but I didn't, it was all a bit news to me. You know what I mean? Like, I think I, I love say that I say this all, I love Britney. I love Britney's music. I don't care that she doesn't sing. I love the music. I still listen to it all the time. I don't care if a robot singing it. I like it. Oh, listen, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. I am very okay. Aside from a Millie Vanilli situation, I'm very okay with the artist not being, I mean, I like, I like JLo. <laughs> so I'm sure, very okay with the artist being an artist and being compelling and like rocking a stage and not necessarily being the greatest vocally. I mean, we like Madonna. I mean, hello. <laughs> Madonna can sing. No, I know, but I'm just saying in generally, like she's not the strongest, you know what I mean? Like Janet Jackson. Yeah, she's not I, like Celine Dion. Yeah, I don't Janet know Janet Jackson. Jackson yeah, exactly. She, 
Janet Jackson, I've seen Janet Jackson in my teens, my 20s, my 30s. And now that I just turned 40 in September, I'm going to see her in my 40s. Like Janet does it for me. She probably will say she's not the vocally uh, the, the strongest. Per they're performers. Yeah. Well, that's they're what I was going to mention. Yeah. Britney, as far as songs that I like, I like that Till the World Ends. I thought that was a really good music video. Um, so there's no denying her talent, um, but it's a weird thing to make it like, oh, she's not talented because she doesn't vocally sing. Everyone does different things in the industry. But the media thing I think we all need to look at because everyone plays a part as well. Like granted, yes, if you're doing the fire crotch situation, that is on you. But like, I didn't, like the way that paparazzi spoke about it, like he didn't, he, like, he just didn't have a good answer. He sounded extremely tacky, you know? And I yeah. think everything is married to the next thing. It's the way some of these podcasters, they're being so vulgar. Like I made a couple heavy opinions. I said, Leah, this, I said, Hannah, this, but I wasn't trying to be vulgar for the sake of viral to ruin mm -hmm. someone's life. And I think there is a difference. Critical, fine. I just, you know, I guess at the end of the day, you got to sleep at night. Like if you are a paparazzi, like that is your gig, that's fine. But like, you got to know that I did it for the money and just own that, accept it a little bit. Anyways, any last uh, pop culture uh, commentary from you? I, like I said, I usually do one topic a, a show, but wow. you're in this hot takes deep dives. Listen, we said it all. <laughs> got it. Say it all, baby. We said it all. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Hot <laughs> Takes you. Deep Dives. Check it out. What do you have planned for your program? Anything um, to look out for? Ooh, um, my next big interview. So I like kind of mix it up with like Bravo related stuff. And then I'll do like interviews with people who I find that I'm like big fans of and stuff. The next big interview I have that's coming out. Do you know Gina Gershon? Uh, do I know her? Oh, I, my interviewed, God. I, I don't. I um, I told you this before. We've spoke about this. How uh, I don't know her from Showgirls because I a slap on the wrist. Ronnie does not know Showgirls really. I have seen it, I suppose. So where and do you know it, her from? Um, everything for one. But she was also in a, a How to Make It in America, which I love. She was on second season of that, and she's yeah. also the mo outside of Vanessa Marcel. You know, there's a couple women that will you know potentially turn Ronnie, and it's Vanessa Marcel from General Hospital and 90210 and Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, and Gina Gershon also. Yes. She. Wait till you hear her on this podcast. Mm, the voice. Mm, mm, and the eyes. Mm, all mm. <laughs> well, good so luck that's on that. Coming out later this month. Good luck on that. I think you deserve a Sandra Bernhardt interview. I think you deserve a Genesis interview. And I'm kind yeah. of at that space now because I'm not trying to make my podcast huge. I'm just trying to do what I enjoy. I'm at that space that I'm like manifest that shit. So I, I know you're going to get it. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I Thank appreciate you, it. Thank you, honey. Bye, bye, bye.